did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the uh, tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transitioned from eh to ooh. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is Episode 7, The Bellerman Knights. Did my research. I was way off last episode trying to figure out how to say Bellerman. Very straightforward. And Bellerman, apparently, they're not keen on dribbling. I saw so many dribbles tonight. Lots of passes, but I think... West Virginia made Bellerman dribble more than they wanted to dribble. And this game never seemed close. Seven-point halftime lead for WVU ballooned to 27 before West Virginia wins by 19, 74-55. And it reminded me of a slot machine where – Bellarmine was throwing all the passes around. They they pulled the lever, and it was absolutely nothing. There were shot clock violations. West Virginia made them take tough shots. But when the slot machine hit, and it hit tonight, it was easy. Like, offensive rebounds, nobody around putbacks, Bellerman beating WVU down the court, one pass, easy score. Does it ever work when somebody hits the backboard? Does that ever affect the layup? <laughs> West Virginia hit the backboard a ton on Bellerman's made shots, is all I'm saying. But if West Virginia would have limited those easy peasy win the slot machine possessions West Virginia could have won by 40 that old feast or famine thing that was totally in effect tonight for Bellerman a lot of famine but when they were feasting it's like and Huggins wasn't even that he wasn't losing his mind that much I guess it was all right you solved the riddle good for you I'm guessing that you can't solve the riddle enough times to win this game and that was the case and Bellerman, because they don't dribble too too much, there wasn't straight line drives. There wasn't a ton of that. One of their guys could do that. But they did get some open looks from three. Bellerman, two of 17. One of those was a circus moving hand in the face shot. And a guy from Bellerman that made that shot, he looked like Private Downey from A Few Good Men. One man's opinion. He looked like he was part of a code red is all I'm saying. And I I don't think this kid has been a part of a code red. Anyway, hard to gather a lot from West Virginia's performance here. It was definitely physically two different teams, you know? Sean and Jalen, good news is they shot better this game than last game. Taz was his normal self. He was good. Very excited for Polly Polycap's performance. 
he doesn't play a lot. Tonight he played 10 minutes. But in those 10 minutes, two ferocious dunks? Is that a word? One off a pick and roll from Taz was beautiful. He also did a offensive rebound, couple of dribbles, got it back in from the front of the rim, enjoyed that. Always looking to praise Polly Polycap on this podcast. He had two blocks, loved it's concentrated Polly Polycap. It'd be like getting the can of orange juice. And instead of, you know, putting it, mixing it with water, just taking a spoon to that. That's what Polly Polycap is so far this season. It, we're, we're getting him in small doses, but it's powerful. It'd be like if you had, you know, those squeeze bottles that you put into. They're very tiny, and it just takes a few drops in your water to enhance the water. That's Polly Polycap. But like if you if you poured that water enhancer on your tongue and just skip the step where you're putting it in the water. I guess the question we're going to find out for Polly Polycap, does he only work in concentrated doses or are we going to see more minutes from Polly Polycap as the season progresses? I, I like what I'm seeing. I like his contributions. Malik Curry, he got where he won it all game. But can we talk about this? He did go 0 for 4 from the free throw line. West Virginia was 5 of 10 from the line. This really wasn't a free throw shooting game for either team. But my man Malik Curry was 0 for 4. And he was animated at his second go round at the line where he missed the first one. And it felt like time-wise he walked all the way to the other baseline Mum, like mumbling and muttering to himself before he came back to the line and then missed the second shot. And then he stared up at the ceiling. So obvious frustration from Malik Curry. And tell me if you're seeing this or not. Everybody's got a different free throw routine, right? And Malik Curry is not the only guy or lady that goes behind the back with the ball as part of his free throw routine. You're seeing it more and more. There's more flair with the free throw routine, you know? And I'm not, I'm I'm pro flair. I like that. But as I'm seeing Malik Curry miss and watching his routine in that lens, his going behind the back makes me think of two things. Both not flattering for making a shot. I'm thinking of, Dizzy Bat? <laughs> do they still do that at the Coliseum? They do it every once in a while. And it's a it's very scary when people are doing that on a hard surface like a basketball court. Still probably dangerous at the baseball field. But Dizzy Bat, you lean over on a baseball bat, put your head on the top of the bat, and then just go around until somebody tells you to stop and then try to run 100 feet, and hilarity ensues, right? So it makes me think of Dizzy Bat. And the other thing it makes me think of is the pinata line. You're at a birthday party. You've seen it. The blindfold goes on. You get spun around or even like pin the tail on the donkey. But it involves spinning around and then, all right, good luck hitting the pinata or good luck <laughs> – putting that tail 
where it's supposed to go on the donkey. So both of those things, Dizzy Bat Baseball and the Pinata Line, the purpose of the activity is to get somebody disoriented. You know what I mean? And maybe, you know, the, the we would all agree that the basketball doesn't have feelings. It does have air in it, but it's not breathing air. It's not a living thing. But it is possible, specifically with how Malik Curry is putting the ball behind his back, that he's disorienting the basketball. <laughs> and so what may be a shot that's, that feels pure when he's shooting the ball, the ball's disoriented and is going, like in Dizzy Bat Baseball, it's just going to the right. <laughs> Or going in a way where it's not going to go into the basket. You know what I mean? So a couple of options here, Malik Curry, if you're listening, and you're definitely not listening. But if you were to, you've got a couple of options here. Number one, change the free throw routine. Get in the practice facility. Try something with – try a different flair. Uh, what could you do that's that pops the eye? You could, you could do the Carl Malone and talk to yourself, but not put the ball behind the back. You could, like, dribble it really close to the ground and 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 stand in like a catcher's position. That would catch the eye. There's options that doesn't have you going around the back. Or if you're insistent. And you are very good at basketball, better than I'll ever be, and would know more about your free throw routine, Malik, than I would ever know. And you're like, hey, stranger, don't tell me to not go behind my back. I'll concede that. But the tweak may be, you know, give it like one extra Mississippi. You know what I mean? (laughs) Let the ball get settled in your hands for a second before you put your shooting hand underneath it and go into your motion. Just let the ball get its balance, right? And then the ball has its balance. You shoot the ball. It's not going to go right or left because it's not disoriented, okay? So completely take it out or just – you don't even have to – I don't have to see you say one Mississippi, but just in your head – Give it an extra beat, you know? Give it an extra second. Let the ball get settled and then shoot the ball. But other than that, this is just Bellerman. Second year in Division I basketball. They're doing great so far. You can just tell from the opening tip, West Virginia could play at a different speed and at a at a higher physicality than Bellarmine. And that's the that's the story of this game. Random thoughts coming up. Hey football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed high-scoring NFL game. I know I do, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers bet just $1 on any team to score, and you can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I want to take time to do an activity that I will say up front is not fair to Bellarmine. Because Bellarmine in Division Two, they were killing it. They were owning Division Two. They had a national championship, multiple Final Fours. If you were to, if you were a Division Two school and you saw Bellarmine on the schedule, that struck fear in your heart. I'm assuming that's going to be a loss tonight. Because here comes Bellarmine, the Knights. You know. That being said, they jump up to Division One. I. I guess my question is, are there schools, fair or unfair, where you see their name, just the name of the school, on the basketball schedule, all you have to work with is the name of the school, you don't know anything about the players. You don't know anything about the coaches, skill level. But just based on name, you chalk that up as a win for your team. <laughs> With love and respect to Bellerman, I saw that they were part of WVU schedule in the offseason. I didn't know anything about their story, about the unique way that they play basketball. All I had was the name, and I can tell you this, I mentally marked this game as a win for the Mountaineers. And that's not fair, and I'm saying it's not fair, but here we go. Here's my list of the top 10 Division I schools that if you see, if you see that name on the schedule, you say that's a win. And so number 10 is Bellarmine, just because I just learned within the last 24 hours how to say the school's name. So Bellarmine, Bellarmine does not strike fear in me for West Virginia. Number nine, Detroit Mercy. And it's just, you got Mercy in the school name. You know what I mean? You're obviously a school that you're bad at basketball and you don't want the other team to run the score up on you. And so you just, you know what? Let's add mercy. Let's call ourselves mercy. And maybe the other team will will kind of bring it down a little bit. There's, they'll show some mercy on us. 
That's number nine, Detroit Mercy. Number eight, Stetson. That's a hat. And you don't even have to know that they're the Hatters. That's actually, it's the Stetson Hatters, okay? But you see Stetson on the schedule, and you say, well, that's not a game. That's obviously (laughs) a pop-up shop where instead of playing basketball versus another team, I get to go shop for hats. And that's obviously not a basketball game. That's a... You know, like when you were in school and you saw that the the book fair was coming, that you knew that you was going to get out of class for a little bit and go possibly purchase a book, like where you're not going to learn. Same thing with Stetson. Number seven, Monmouth. And this is under the Bellarmine scenario where is it Monmouth? I know it's Monmouth. I've learned that over time. But if I saw Monmouth on the schedule, that does not strike fear in me at all. It's not – I'm saying it's not fair, Monmouth. Nope. That's a win. Number six, Colgate. That's a toothpaste. That is not a basketball juggernaut. Colgate, based on name – not a basketball school. Number five, Grand Canyon. Again, what do you think of when you think of Grand Canyon? Just based on name, you think of a natural wonder of the world. I was blessed to go see the Grand Canyon. It's grand. Love it. Not once did I see a basketball (laughs) at the Grand Canyon. Uh, so it's a national park. It's a it's a natural marvel. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with basketball. Based on name, Grand Canyon's a win. Number four. You've heard my take on directional schools, and that's a Spider Man meme because we are West Virginia. I'm I live in West Virginia. I'm not on the team. But I've got an issue with directional schools. I have a bias against them. Central Connecticut, and here's why. Connecticut, small state. We all agree, right? You look at a map, you see Connecticut. How can there be directional Connecticut? If there was a school, if you told me, hey, West Virginia is going to be playing Central Rhode Island, I would say, no, they're not. They're just playing Rhode Island because there can't be – yes, there's a center of Rhode Island. Not enough to tell me that there's a school where you say it's Central. Texas Central? I mean, I'll I'll even give Central Michigan, right? But Central Connecticut is too much. Now, you, I've got some – you can change it, Central Connecticut. You can be best Connecticut. You can be top Connecticut. Your state's too small to be Central Connecticut. Maybe Connecticut State. Is there a Connecticut State? If not, that's all you. But Central Connecticut, 
based on the size of the state. <laughs> and this doesn't make any sense, but it makes 100% sense. Not a basketball school. Number three, the next two are, are acronyms that just based on the acronym, NJIT. West Virginia's played NJIT, I think just once. And that's obvious. That's not, I guess here's the problem I have with NJIT. They're not NJIT. They should not be there. That's New Jersey Tech. Like, I don't know what kind of basketball school New Jersey Tech is, but NJIT, the the New Jersey Institute of Technology, not scared of that at all. That's a no. Number two, IUPUI. All right? There's so much going on with the school. First of all, because people like to say acronyms and try to make it a word, what do you do with that? That's a Scrabble board. If you had to go with so I've always called it ooey pooey. And I know, and it doesn't, <laughs> I'm adding a, an E sound in ooey pooey. But if I'm doing that, then you're not good at basketball. Also, when you break it down, IUPUI, that's Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. That's what IUPUI stands for. And so it's, you know, it's just not one school, IUPUI. You're three different schools. So that would be daunting if I saw that on the schedule and you had to play Indiana University, Purdue University, and the University of Indianapolis at the same time, right? That's daunting. That's scary. Like, wait, so they get it's 15 on five? And then Clemson would be like, well, that's great. So we can have our six people. If they can have 15, then we can have six on the floor. You're three different schools. You're definitely not one school. I like saying ooey pooey, but if I'm saying ooey pooey, that means you're not good at basketball. That's number two. And then the number one school that I see on the schedule and, and mark it off as a win. And this is a weird one because I love I love my country, but it, American. American University is missing a great opportunity to be the University of America. If you're the University of an of, of America. That's like that's a basketball juggernaut. You're like, oh my gosh, they can pull from anybody in America. They have all the resources. Everybody goes to the University of America. Instead, they're American University, and it'd be like United States if that was a school. United States University. Usu. American is nondescript, and it's not, they're not good at basketball. And if you if you go through the current rankings, a lot of these teams are towards the bottom. <laughs> and it's not it's obviously because of their performance on the court, but also based on my top ten list, you would guess that uh, that these ten teams are going to be in the bottom half of Division One, without even knowing, you know, based on name. So those are the rankings. Tell me, 
Let me know of a school where you see the name. It's like it doesn't matter. There, it's a win, or or you don't have to do that. Final thoughts coming up. Interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media, on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact! Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU is Saturday, December 4th, 4 p.m., ESPN Plus. Staying in Morgantown, in the Coliseum, West Virginia will play the Radford Highlanders. Radford by name. I don't know what kind of basketball school it is. I don't think bad off the top of my head. And we know the head coach. We're familiar with the head coach. Former WVU player, former Radford player, Darius Nichols. And Darius Nichols... Arguably one of the best point guards in the Huggins era with respect to Juwan Staten. He's in he's been an assistant coach long time at Florida. And guess what? At Florida, when he was coaching, and he wasn't the head coach, but West Virginia struggled with Florida. And in my mind, I always thought, well, they obviously have Darius Nichols, and Darius Nichols knows Bob Huggins' tricks. Right, So he's the head coach now at Radford. Radford, they're 4-4, four and four, but they beat Eastern Kentucky, a team WVU struggled with. They beat him this weekend by 13. And when you look at the stats for Radford, they're not bad at defense, and they're really bad at offense. I don't know how there. I can't even sugarcoat that. That's what it is. Look it up. They're really bad at offense. Two of their eight games, Radford did not break forty points. Four zero, and we here's the math. There's forty minutes in a game, so if you don't break forty, then you you don't even score one point in a minute of basketball, which is bad. It's not good. They played Navy, and Navy held Radford to 33. 3-3, which is, that is a football score. That is not a basketball score. So Radford, bad at offense. West Virginia, not bad, not terrible at defense. They had their moments. Does that have any bearing? What I've just told you, does it have any bearing on what's going to happen Saturday when West Virginia plays Radford? I hope it does. I hope they're bad at offense on Saturday. And then we can clap for Darius Nichols and like, hey, it's good to see you again, buddy. And then West Virginia win another. I like games like this. What we experienced tonight, Bellerman, Elon, I like 19-point wins. I like seeing Cinny at the end of the game. I like seeing Taj Thweet gunning. 
I want to see that. And so I went to see that again Saturday. I can't guarantee that, though. Because of the whole struggle with Eastern Kentucky. Radford did not struggle score-wise with Eastern Kentucky. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Every single platform, listen to this podcast. Or just pick one, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts, CastBox. Hit the follow button. That helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. They're 6-1. and one.